Good afternoon. Cav VBL Radio is back. Coming to you on Saturday afternoon. I got out of work a little early. Um, girl's not back, so I figured I'd get this in now. I was planning on doing this tomorrow. Um, little little content. X has the upcoming draft, and I don't know if anybody has looked, but his last draft was in 2032, and it is by far the best and deepest draft I think personally in the in this version um I'm going to get into almost like a redraft of it but go through some of the players and you know we sometimes devalue 18 19 picks uh I'm going to let you know that the first pick if I was to redraft would be the 18th pick that went in this draft so you know some drafts are obviously not like this but devaluing three-year picks out that could be 17 18 19 this is why sometimes those trades do work granted it's rare and you need to strike lightning in a bottle um so i went through i actually have the grades pulled up i have the write-ups pulled up because you know sometimes it doesn't match it doesn't match what to a T, exactly what you think a player would be. You know, Goulet drafted the guy Burkich this year, and he kept saying, you know, I, I or Goulet, sorry, I got three texts saying it's Goulet, not Goulet. Um, but he was saying that based on the write-up, he thought that the guy he drafted would have more 3G, and that he basically traded him at lower value than what he could have gotten if he had just traded the 13th pick away. Which, you know, for the most part, I think that picks have more value pre-draft than they do once grades come out. Um, this draft that I'm going to do is much less like that. You know, these guys um, that fell had a lot of value. There are two guys that went in the second round of this draft that are still on contracts, and one just signed a massive contract. So, oh, fuck. Sorry, my computer just freaked. Um, so, you know, it can happen. So we'll get right into it. The first pick was the Timberwolves and they took Mitch Bradley, who had a grade of a B plus. He had passing. Um, he was, uh, the way that he was, he was drawn up. I'm pretty sure I want to say he was made up after like Kevin Love to an extent, at least that's that's the way he seems to be. He has the passing, he has the outside shooting, and he had the weak defense, which he still has now. Uh, my first pick would be Jodson, who went 18th to the Clippers. Um, spoiler alert, the Clippers took two of the top three guys in this draft. Um Jodson turned into an absolute monster. Uh, we don't have to go too far into what, what he is now. I, I don't think it's any sort of a shock. His volume has skyrocketed from what he was. Um, let's see. If I pull... Oh, I only have the grades open. Fuck, I meant to have ratings open too. Um, so Jodson was a 69.54 on draft day with a 7 PD. And he got up to 84.59 with the 9 PD. You know, so he got the bumps in the right spot. He even got up to a 9 PO from a 8. So, I mean, obviously not huge steps. But 
uh, undrafted, I think I even had messaged X and I said, it looks, he looks like he could be a Sanders type guy with the right progressions. Um, he got there. Unlucky for me, he ended up with fucking the Kings. Um, so yeah, he plays 40 minutes a game. He, his fouls are under two. Like he's just a very solid wing and if, uh, center. And if he didn't have the wing and divine, I'm curious what his point totals would be. Um, but I asked around a bunch of GMs just to get an idea because everybody values players differently. We've seen that. And I think that while I was going through this, he was the clear one from everybody. I don't think anybody would have any argument there. And um, he was a C-plus um, rating pre-draft. So clearly a steal there. Um We'll get into what he was traded for because I talked to X. Um, I talked to a few of the GMs of the guys that got traded. So, um, you know, we can get into how they ended up where they are now. But um, the second pick, I have uh, Ferrer, the Ferret, Marco Polo. Um, I talked to a few GMs. They have a few different guys at, at two, but... For me, he's a he's a shutdown defender at three positions, and uh, he originally was drafted 11th, and he was also, shockingly, drafted by the Clippers. So the Clippers drafted the guy I have first and the guy I have second in this. Um, he has turned, he was a, I should have just wrote this out instead of having to go back and forth. I apologize for this. Uh, I don't even know. Where was he? Oh, he wasn't a grade. He was a um, Euro. So he didn't have a grade. I'm, I'd be curious to know what he was. But, yeah, he turned into an absolute monster defensively, and then he added the offensive part. Um, you know, he is I, – I think I said it in the, the pod with Goulet that ratings-wise I would have him – Something like probably third behind Sand and Divine for a guy I'd want on my team right now. Um, other people may different may differ, you know, per year. But for me, he just he checks all the marks. He rebounds. His PD is six, so it's not something that's a lockdown defender, I guess, at, at power forward. But either wing spot, and he's a mismatch on offense. So. Um, his progressions have, you know, the, the theme with three of the guys in the top five, maybe four of the guys that I haven't, are the massive progressions. I mean, Jodson got huge bumps every year. Uh, so did, uh, Marco Polo. Um, so obviously progressions mean a lot, but right there, my one and two are, were 18th and 11th drafted. Um, his ratings to start, you know, he was 51-43 2G, 28-25 3G. His free throw hasn't really changed. 34-50 rebounds. What is he now? I think he's up there. He's like 41-66. Then he was, like, this is, it just shows how crazy when you're looking at this. His steal was 64 when he was drafted. He's 111 now. And he was a seven five six eight, and now he's a nine five nine eight 
six eight or six nine. Um, he was a two four four six. Now he's a two or three six seven. I, I'm not switching back and forth, guys. Sorry. Um, what is? Let's see. He is a three six seven eight and a nine eight six nine. That is just. I mean, that's just massive jumps. Um, his draft wasn't even that long ago. These guys aren't done with their their second contracts yet, and he's you know probably through progressions. He's twenty seven, so maybe one more. But geez, his his progressions took him into one of the top players in the league, and he went eleventh in the draft. Um, just wild, actually. Like sitting down and looking at this. Um, the guy that was chosen was Cruz, and Cruz has been. You know, a monster for the Warriors, and we'll get into him later. Um, so the next on the list I have is um, Doyle, Jackson Doyle, the point guard. Uh, Luther went third, and we will get into Luther. He's on my list, but um, Doyle was a a guy that also had progressions, and he kind of bounced around. He went from he went from the Pacers, and then shocking, the Clippers touched him again, and then he got traded. And I don't know what Doyle got traded for, but um, you know the Clippers had three of these guys that you know, and I think they were the top three in the draft. Doyle was drafted seventh originally by Crest. I don't know who Crest got for him. Um, I'll be honest with you. So. Sorry, my computer's freaking out. Yeah, so he Doyle got traded from the Pacers, I think, to the Clippers. Oh, he was probably in the uh, Crom deal, if I had to guess. And then from the Clippers to the Hornets, and I don't know what the Hornets gave up. So I think that with him... He is not everyone's cup of tea. Like, he's not a guy that I necessarily would build around. That's why I have him three and not two. And yet some people had him over Marco. Um, He scores really efficiently from the point guard position, which you don't really get. Um, His assist isn't exactly as high as you'd want for a PG-only player. Uh, His steals is nice, and he doesn't foul at all. He's playing 37 minutes a game as 1.5 fouls. Um. You know, integral part of the title team. He's just become, you know, for a guy like X to give him up is just shocking with how much he likes shooting point guards. He, uh, I think he banked on AGS being a little bit better than than he was, and and he let Doyle Doyle get away so that he didn't have to to fight between the two of them. But as X has pointed out to me, he, you know, he gave up Jodson and and Marco to get titles. He gave up. Um, Marco for uh, I think it was Pateri and a first he said and then Jodson I think was was Marks pretty sure that was the deal so he gave up both of them and both of them were in a, in on his title team so you know he got his title and so be it but you know shows how drafting correctly and I know it was his draft but sometimes you you know you think a guy's going to be something and he's not he was able to draft guys at 11 and 18 and then he traded for the guy in seven to then move guys around it's just really crazy that he had all three of those guys at one point um 
while I recognize Doyle's talent and his FTA is outstanding at 69, the fact he doesn't foul, just it's a bigger advantage. Um, he's just not a guy that I would build around. I like my point guards to have a little bit more passing and a little bit less shooting. But again, teach their own. And, you know, maybe one time I do try to build around a guy like this. I just, I don't have, you know, you have to have the right setup. And, and he does, you know, he doesn't even, uh, Dan doesn't even necessarily have passing from other positions, but their team is just so uh, so good at every position that, you know, Doyle really, really works for them. Um, but again, I'm shocked that X let him go. The more I look at his ratings, the more he like he's exactly, to me, what X likes in a point guard. But moving on, um, number four was a, it's a toss-up to me. Um, so I'll, I'm going to do them as a tandem. I have four and five. I have Mayor and Trauber um, in any order. You know, I, I you could flip flip a coin daily, and that's that's kind of where my head was at. So we'll just go Mayor first. Um, he went fifth. So he was the highest on my list that went drafted. He went, I think he went to, yeah, he went to Smath on draft day or something of the sorts. And, you know, he never, he wasn't a stud right out of the gate. He, um, he had the, the settings. He had 62 steals, 61 block, and he was 8-6, 3-7. his efficiency was down. His rebounding was solid. But he kind of stayed like that for like three or four years before he finally exploded into the guy that he is now. And he's a defensive monster and then on top of it he is you know scoring at a much more I don't want to say effective efficient clip but he is it's way better than what his his career has been he's 49 this year he was 49 last year and nothing before that was above 44 he uh you know he got some bumps Obviously, in efficiency, he's 56-49, and then he's 45-75 FTI. And his steal got all the way up to 94. That's a jump of over 30, and his defense is 9-7-5-8. His offense is just solid across the board. He's just a matchup nightmare at small forward power forward. He's 6-7-7-9. Um, and that that's up from 4-5-5-8. So, I mean, that's jumps in every every one through nine that's just crazy he um him being small forward power forward allows him to to kind of switch back and forth although he doesn't really have the posty to really play power forward consistently but you know if he if he plays a guy like Falwell then he can easily slide to the four because he has the drive defense obviously team makeup you know Cress isn't going to sit Bingham and move Cromwell down. But just in general, that's what something that a player of that caliber can do. Um, so, yeah, he went four, five originally. And the guy that went four, Paul Shannon, just he never developed. He's not in my top 13. I'm just not a big fan of him. I've said it in the chat multiple times. Um, he was the first, quote-unquote, bust of the draft. While one, two, three weren't, you know, one, two, three, Shannon just ended up not being anything um so I guess five would be Trauber who originally went 15th 
to the he, uh, to the Kings. The Kings traded back five spots and drafted Trauber. That's crazy. Wow. I didn't realize it was that many spots. Maybe I did. Um, he, he might have had the most progressions of them all. His original stats was 26-48 and 56-39. 26-48, 56-39-2GA, 3GA. He is now, let's see, 39-54 and 70-41. I mean, he's gained the percentage in the 3G in the 3GA. You know, and his steals have got to have climbed. It's just crazy. Like, I I made a list based on what they are now, but you know, I decided to pull up the the their draft day ratings, and it's it's crazy seeing what they developed from. He was a fifty one steal. He's gained thirty nine steal. This whole draft class, I mean, so far we've named Jodson. He didn't have steal, but Fer Ferret Marco went up like fifty. Yeah, almost fifty in steal. And then Mayor went up 30, and Trauber's gone up 40. I mean, that's those are ungodly numbers. On top of his steal, Trauber has become a really, really solid defender. Uh, and, on, God, his offense was 7-4-3-4. 7-4-3-4 to 9-9-4-9. Okay, that can't be right. Let me redo this. All right, yeah, seven four three four, and now he's nine nine. God, what nine nine four nine? That is absolutely insane. I really thought I messed it up reading, and I was right. Seven four three four to nine nine four nine. That he's gained five drive offense in what? I what's it? Seven progressions. God. And his defense was seven five four six, and now it's like seven eight four nine. My God, his progressions have been insane, shocking. All kings got fucking progressions. Divine, Jodson, Trauber all got monster progressions. Fucking luck box. Um, he is, you know, I think he, not that he's underrated because every, you know, he's a, I don't know, top ten guy maybe, but he really became this, like, all-world guy playing next to two studs. And I, I don't know what he would be by himself, um, whether he would be as, like, I assume that he would score more, but I don't know what he would be as far as, you know, would he be able to carry a team? Because his, his 2GA isn't overly efficient, but, man... When you add the defense, he doesn't really turn the ball over that much. He's just a, an all-around solid player, and he went 15th. So three of the top five guys were drafted outside the top 10. Just shows the, the volatility of, of what a draft is and what, what progressions mean over, over what your, your, the base ratings are. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into to Bradley and, and Johnson, but the guy drafted at – five originally was um mayor so he slid up a spot from his draft spot he's the the first guy to to move up um it's crazy so the guy at six is the guy that went second uh cruz 
Um, I loved cruise right up actually. And um, I was competing at the time, so I don't read write ups unless I have a pick. And even if I have a late pick, I'll, I, I won't read the top guys. There's really no point to me reading how good Bradley is because I'm just going to see his ratings. It's like not like I'm ever going to draft him. But I don't even know if I had a late pick in the draft. Uh, no, it doesn't look like I had a pick. So, yeah, I definitely didn't read any of these guys. So I went back and I read some of these, and, you know, I know what they turned into, but Cruz ended up being my favorite um, re- like write-up. Now, obviously, he did not become the best. He's not even a top-five player, in in my opinion, in this draft, and that's just crazy because, you know, he's the guy that's averaging 25 a game Um efficiently he's led the league in three-point shooting at a year shooting 40 46 from three um just i think that the the one knock on him is he doesn't really do anything else you know his he passes a little bit for a wing averaging close to four but outside of that he's not a great rebounder especially for a small forward his steal is low he doesn't block and his defense is meh across the board he's sixes all the way across which is nice but he doesn't have power forward so the post d isn't all that important so, you know, he's not the best. I'm not, believe me, I really like him. I've I've liked him for a while. But he's just not an all-world player. He was taking it too. I mean, and I'd still, obviously, in this draft that's loaded, I'd still feel comfortable taking him six because, you know, you need points to score. And, you know, he gets them in a variety of ways. He shoots a ton of threes. His 2GA is high. And, you know, his free throws is still pretty decent at 48 i'm actually shocked he doesn't score more his you know i think that free throw does play a big role in, into how many points because his his 3ga is high it's 88 and he, you know you would think he would get off shoots seven a game and i guess that's about right just so weird when you see like 88 for um usage and then you know, it doesn't translate to, to 28, 29, 30 points. But I guess it makes sense when it's in three because you're shooting those at a, at a smaller clip. Um, the guy taken at six was, I believe, yeah, it was uh, Cameron McCarthy who became an absolutely awful player. Don't I mean, I signed him after his, his deal ran out, and he was horrendous for me. He was point guard, shooting guard. His write-up sounded pretty good, and he was... A B. There were three Bs in this draft and a B plus, and we've only touched on one of them as being in the draft so far. Uh, it, Cruz, Johnson, and McCarthy were Bs, and Bradley was a B plus. But McCarthy slipping to six kind of shows that you know sometimes the write up does have something in it that you don't like. Um, like the Celtics took Shannon over McCarthy. Now I don't know what team setup looked like. I don't know if he had point guard, shooting guard already. Um, I assume that he already had sand, so maybe he went away from McCarthy. But McCarthy's write-up didn't sound overly awful. I, you know, I skimmed over. I didn't sit here and read him for twenty minutes. But he was a little bit older too. Three, you know, he was McCarthy was twenty, and then you had two eighteen, uh, an eighteen-year-old at B, and then a nineteen at B, and a nineteen at, at B plus. Um, it really, really shows that. You know, progressions do mean something. Like, you, we can look at these ratings on draft day, and you could pick out your the best player on draft day. And I, you know, 
I'm curious who who people would think it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cruz turned into a really good player. Obviously, in some drafts, he would be easily a top two, top three pick, just not this one. So at seven, I have the guy that went third. I have Luther Johnson. He kind of bounced around. The, the Raptors had him, and then he went to, I don't know, I think he went to the Thunder, then the Thunder, and he sat and he toiled away on the, the Wolves, and he never really got progressions until last offseason. And actually, I'm pretty sure he's 53-53 right now. And he was 49-52 on drafting. So, I mean, he, he's gained 4, 2GA, and 1% bump. Um, his defense has gotten better. He was a 6-4, Oh, shit, he's not in the Wolves anymore. What the frick? Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. And now he's a 7-5, So he's gotten better, but, you know, his offensive 1-9s through are, you know, okay. They're 6-4, 6-6. He's just, you know, he's not amazing anywhere. What sets him apart from a lot of the other bigs is he has 84 block, which is just, you know, block is probably the the lowest of any of the 1 through 99s that, you know, you come across. There's a lot of guys with steals, but not a ton of guys with blocks. And for him, he started at 83. So, you know, he started as an ultra-high block, and, you know, he never really, yeah, he's gained one in all the progression. So... For a guy that had so much promise, I mean, you look at him and he's still a good player, but you look at him at, if you were to take his stats and instead of him being 25, you make him 19, he's the most sought after guy in the league. And that's what he was because he had all these, had all these uh, base ratings to be an absolute stud and he just never got there. He never got the, the 2J and he still could, he's young, he's 25, but like as of right now, he's one of those guys that like, just never got better. He is, I would bet that, you know, his team has changed a little bit, but his stats, yeah, he has averaged 16.9, between 16.5 and 17.9 every season. It, because that, I mean, that's his limitation as far as what his FTA and his 2GA have. That's just, you know, for a guy that was drafted so high and so sought after, and he, I forget what Chile trade him for he trained him to Goulet uh probably I would assume Silva and Cook maybe but yeah that's just crazy to me that he just never got any better he was somebody I looked at when I was debating trading Bo after I lost in the finals and I really liked him and you know Chelly and I had talked and he was able to get Silva and Cook so I kind of stayed the course um of competing but he was a guy I really wanted. He was 19 or 20 and had these ratings outside of like a few deep bumps. But man, it's disappointing when you actually look at him that he never got, you know, over the hump per se. Um, at eight, this is where, you know, I was talking to X and I think that one, one through five, I think is pretty locked in. I mean, you can move them around. I think Jodson's a clear one. Um, I could see the, the swapping of the Ferret and Doyle between two and three, and I could see I think most most guys are going to want Mayor over Trauber. Um, so I could see that four or five. And I think Cruz and Luther, an obvious six, seven. Then it really just, there's a ton of guys. So I'm just going to talk about them, not in any necessarily particular order for, I mean, just for 
the fact that I did say this will be a redraft. I did Clayton at 8, Bradley at 9, Evans at 10, Collins at 11. I did Bing at 12. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Redding is in there um, that we can that I'll talk about. But it's just – it's crazy. So we'll go to Clayton, who I am not the biggest fan of. I don't like guys that can't stay on the court. That was my biggest problem with him his entire time. And Smath always says – yeah, but, you know, he, he was able to do this, and this is not a shot at Smith, but it's like, I don't, you know, he values things that I don't value. And for me, I like the guys that stay on the court. So for him, I was never the biggest fan of him. Doesn't mean that he isn't good, um, but he needs to be in the right setting. He's, you know, he's an ultra-efficient offensive player. He gets to the free-throw line. He rebounds, and he has the 9 PD. So he's kind of, you know, your typical big that can score. He's, you know, he's not deficient in any of the areas except blocks that you would really look for in a big. Um, The problem is, I mean, this year he's averaging 4.77 fouls a game, and he's only had one year under four, and that was the year that he played less than 24 minutes a game. Every other year, he's played 26 or above, and he's averaged four or more fouls. I mean, it's just hard to count on him game to game, especially if you get into a, a game where, say, you know, especially with a team where you know who the center is, so you know where Archie's going to be, and you have an FT, a high uh, free throw guy, and you throw him on him. Like him against him against uh, the guy that went first in this, Jodson. Jodson's free throw isn't even high, but... Jotson doesn't fall, so Archie's FTA would be a complete waste against him. So, you know, he has that deficiency of not being able to stop hacking people. So, one, he loses time on the court, which takes away... I mean, he could be a 30-point scorer with these base ratings with his FTA so high. Meh, 28 maybe. But he doesn't have the the time on the court, It you know... Um, I think if he had a normal fall rate, it, he would be probably higher than Cruz and, and Luther. I don't think he would crack the top five, but if he had these same ratings and you know fouled one and a half times less a game, he'd be a sought-after commodity. But um, that's what I kept trying to tell Smath when Smath was trying to you know tell me how great Clayton is. And he is, but to me, he's not a guy you can start and guarantee his time. Like I'd rather use him off the bench and find a different way to um, guarantee his minutes. And I've said this in the past, you know, maybe if you bring him off the bench and he's playing some of the second time team minutes, maybe he's not against some of the guys with these higher free throws. And maybe he stays on the court longer and he's against weaker defenders. And maybe he really can take advantage of that. Now, I don't know how JSB does it with if you set him at power forward and, you know, they move guys around and guys come off the bench. Like, I don't know, ever know who, who he'd be on the court with, but if if he had the chance to be the go-to guy on the second team and not be falling, it'd be, you know, he would be a stud. Him being a starter, it's just he's too hard game to game to guarantee him being on the court. Because some games, obviously, he's under his foul total, but obviously there's games he's probably falling out in 10, 15 minutes. I'm not going to go through the box score, but just his ratings make him really hard, but he's just not a guy you can trust. And therefore a guy I don't necessarily love. Um, at nine, I have Bradley. Um, 
this can be, obviously, this whole thing can be debated. Um, I had this list before he went to the Thunder and then put up stats where guys actually, you know, were good that he played with and could pass. But Bradley, who went first in this draft, who was a B-plus, and I, I assume that it had something to do because his rebound was good and then his passing, you know, more or less is is what it is now. Let's see. I mean, his rebounding was 76-81, and he had 31 passing. So, like, that's going to bump his grade right there, the rebounding and the, the offensive playmaking, especially when you don't normally get offensive playmaking from a, a big. Usually that'll bump you up a grade because normally you would have an F in that spot, which would I would assume lower your grade. I don't really know. I don't know why I'm talking about the sheet as if I have any sort of clue, but the way I look at it is that if a guy does something out of the ordinary, like a, say a point guard was a phenomenal rebounder, his grade is going to be higher just because he's a phenomenal rebounder in theory because it's not something in comparison to other point guards because it's not something that every other point guard has. So, you know, it's just something that I think that's why his grade probably got bumped from a, a, a what would be have been a B to a B plus. And I'm curious if he was a B and not a B plus, what if somebody else goes over him, whether it be Cruz or Luther, you know, I don't know what Mike was thinking. But Bradley has the FTA, he has the, the 2GA, and he really is a one-man rebound. Like, you can have deficiency at rebound strictly and just have him. He's 51-123. Um, now, his deficiency is that his defense, I think, is the 5-4-6-3. And he was... God. 4-3-6-3. So he gained one outside defense in all of the progressions. That's the only defensive 1-9 through nine he's gained. Um, that's his deficiency. You know, if you find somebody that can really exploit him and then can defend him a little bit, you know, he's, he's just a guy that he is what he is. I don't, you know, I never, like somebody said in the chat today, he's never going to be your go-to guy, but he's never going to, you know, he's the guy that can be good as your third or fourth option. And then a guy that does rebound, um, clearly at a high clip, he's averaging, Let's see. Uh, uh, well, he's only playing 29 minutes a game, but he's averaging 12 rebounds a game. But in the past, he's averaged 14, 15, 14, um, playing 35 minutes a game. But that team was clearly lower pace. He's averaging 3.8 fouls, but I would assume that's gone up since Goulet has had, Goulet has had him. Um, going one, I, I guess you can label him as a bust because he's not, you know, a divine or... Who else has gone one that was just an absolute monster? Or a Lou. You know, like guys like that that are just absolute stars, he just never became that. So I guess you could label him a bust, but he's still a solid rotation player and will be for, you know, a couple of years. Um, all right. So who originally went? So going eight, Archie went eight. So that actually, you know, fit my ratings. And then nine was Rawlings, went to the, the Celtics. So Celtics had two top uh, uh, top ten picks in this draft. Um, he took Rawlings, who isn't even on my list. So it's just it's it's crazy to me that he um, Bradley would fall from one to nine. I mean that's I, I you know I won't go back through every draft or at least not now, but I would say that that's probably 
one of the far, further, furthest falls for a number one pick was to be drafted at nine. And some people are going to have him lower too. And I think that's what the crazy part is that I'm probably higher on him than others. I know I talked to X and X had him not even listed in the top 10, I believe. So um, he did say that eight through 12 was fluid um, on his list. You know, the top seven, he had the same seven guys. He just had a few swaps. Um, but yeah, I, I think that he he's a guy that you you know if you ask every gm in the league he he might come in 11 12 13 on some people's list depending on what you know what you're looking for because him not having defensive one through nines and we're seeing how important they are it's just it it's nuts that you know he was the number one pick and he's one of the few in this draft class that didn't just absolutely explode um at 10 uh victor cross went um, I think to Miami, Miami traded, got, tr- um, at 10, I have Miles Evans who went 27th overall. He was a second round pick to the Hornets. Um, that it, I think he's clearly the best second round pick we've had in this version. Um, it's hard to make a draft 27 deep of guys that are, are, you know, really good. I mean, Let's see, what was his, Miles Evans was a C, so it's not even like, I think that's what's crazy about this draft, is everybody was a C or better, like even Samson, Will Cabot, Billy Ford, they were all C's, so, you know, he, his write-ups clearly made them be better players, this was, in my opinion, the best, the best draft there, there has been, and, you know, clearly, you see why I think that. But, like, Miles Evans, even on draft day, was 43-49, 43-78, 58-39. He was a capable scorer then. 7-7-2-6 offense. Like, he doesn't really – he didn't really do much else. He didn't really rebound. He passed a little bit. He had a few steals, but he turned the ball over. But he's become, you know, somebody that the Sonics needed. They gave him the max this year. Um, you know, he still doesn't really do much else, but he's averaging 24 a game. Um, few rebounds, couple assists, less than two steals. But you know that team without him, you know they needed to give him that contract. You know whether you say it's an overpay or not. Well, while he's competing, he needs that guy in his team, or he's not going anywhere. Um, but for him to go from twenty-seven to ten is just crazy. He's. You look at his ratings now, he's 51, 53, 57, 79, 76, 38. I mean, his offense is there. If he had any sort of, of defensive um, playmaking or rebounding, he would, you know, be way, uh, duh, uh, but way better than he is, but like way higher in this draft than he is now. Just, you know, it, <clears throat> it, it does hurt him that he doesn't have something else other than scoring. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it kind of limits how high up I will put him. Um, his defense is 8-6, 2-6, so it's not, you know, it's definitely passable. It's definitely, definitely at shooting guard, which I think he's shooting guard only. Yeah, so he's shooting guard only. So his defense is fine there because he's got the 8 um, OD. So, you know, his progressions have clearly been kind into the right spots. Um Again, you wish for a little bit more, but, you know, every player is going to have flaws at this point. So, um, 
Yeah, originally it was Victor Cross, who even on draft day didn't look all that great. He had 64 passing with 37 assists. Uh, he was an 8-8-1-8, but his defense was 4-4-1-4. And he was just a guy that, like, even though his 3GA was 65-40, he just never shot to ratings. Um, not that Smath gave up on him, but he trade you know he traded him when he he was building his team, and you know he's kind of stayed around the league. I think the Hawks have had him, the the Pacers have had him, but he's just not a guy that will ever find a, a secure role. He's more of like a an off the bench secondary point guard that can pass, and you hope doesn't shoot too much because he never shoots to his ratings. Um, and again, if you have different values on this guy, I'm not trying to devalue. It's what I see in a player. Um, I know that there's been a lot of bitching and moaning about him devaluing. I am not doing this. I'm doing this for pure enjoyment because I really do. I, I think it's fun looking back and seeing what guys have become. Um, I have no problem dumping a guy if I think I can get better in the deal. I'm not like Z where I need to like hold on to him until he completely plateaus and dies like Percy. But I think it is fun seeing like Luther Johnson, who on draft day would probably be the guy that everybody wants, and he still is the exact same player seven seasons later. Where a guy like um, Jodson, you know, he would probably, on draft day, would probably be in the top 10 just because 69-54 is nothing to sneeze at. But he's, in my opinion, the clear one now just because of what he can do. So it's just, it's wild how, how obviously, progressions, which nobody has any control over, mean so much in the game. And, you know, Ricky has always stated that there's only three ways to, you know, to really get better. By trades... Or, or two ways, trades or progressions. I mean, if your progressions don't happen, like if, if Jodson and Trauberg get better but Divine doesn't, the Kings aren't, you know, where they are. He got them to all three players. Like, it's just not normal. Like, most GMs, myself included, probably would have traded somebody for a more set star at some point, you know? So being patient with these guys does sometimes help, but sometimes it doesn't. Like in Luther's position, um, you know, his value, the older he gets, goes down because he more or less does what everybody else does with a little bit more blocks. Um, a couple other guys to talk about who would be, you know, anywhere in the 11 through 15 range. Um, Redding, I don't even know where he was drafted. He was drafted 14th um, by the Pacers. You know, he's become a good player. But he's kind of, I don't even know where he is now. The Lakers still have him, maybe? Let's see. Sorry, guys. Now I'm out at the part where I had done absolutely no looking. Yeah, so he's 54-54 now with 7 PD. Like, I, I've been saying that for a while. I don't think he's that great. I said it on the preseason pod. Like, everybody, I thought he was a little bit over MLE. He got paid 13.5, which, I mean, it's still a movable contract. He still can score. But, again, I think that you'll find younger players through drafts that can do more or less the same amount of scoring. But when he was drafted, he was 52-52, you know, more or less the same, and he had 5 PD. So he had a ways to go. Um, and he got there. Like, he's 54-54. He has a 7 PD. So, or, yeah, 7 PD. So, like, he's a good player, but... You know, and other and that's the thing. In like other drafts, he would definitely be higher up. But in this draft, I mean, I could see people having him after fifteen, depending on what else you like in this draft. You know, Leonard White's a fun player, especially because he got traded now. But you know, he shoots efficiently. 
but it, his his he never got the the massive volume that that he needed to be like a go to go to player. I thought he was on. Who has him? Oh, the Sonics. Yeah, like 44-60. Like, he's fine because he shoots a high percentage, but he doesn't have... He didn't get that massive bump um, in the the percent, but he went 21st. Um, there are a lot of centers in this draft. Um, we could talk about Crestboy Bingham, who I think he would say is, like, top five MVP, maybe. But... Um, you know he doesn't have the volume either. He's a better defender than 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 White, and I'm not comparing the two. You know, um, I would have him over White in these ratings. I'm just going through, you know, the draft at this point, starting at the bottom. But Bingham too. He never got. Where the hell is he on this fucking sheet? Um, thirty-five, sixty-three is what he started at with sixty-two, fifty-eight rebounds, sixty-four blocks, and he was a five. Four, eight, two, and he doesn't. You know, I don't think he ever got those mass. Yeah, he's thirty-seven, sixty-one. He got. He actually lost percent, and he never gained any volume. His re, his his rebounding has gone up, and so has his block. So he's become a nice player. He got the nine PD as a nine PO. So he shoots efficiently, but he doesn't have the volume. And. You know, we've seen increasingly more and more, like, there's only so much you can stretch a guy that has 37-61 into points. I mean, he has him at 13 points right now. And I don't, I'm not counting Stu, but that's, that's third on his team. I think that's why he has trouble with some of the better teams, just getting into a, a, a shooting match with them. If Bingham's going to be your third scorer, you're in trouble just because he doesn't have the, the volume or the free throws to really be a solid third scorer. Um, let's see. Is there anybody else I want to talk about? Um, but, like, for reference purposes, um, you go through Ralph Simmons was a B-. minus. You know, he never became really anything. Victor Cross was a B-. minus. Ben Shelter, Maxwell Omni. Like, if you go and read their write-ups, like, they sound good. Rollins was a B-. minus. But guys that ended up being... Two, you know, two top five guys were C plus guys, Trauber and Jotson. I know that Air was a C plus guy too because I was looking at drafting him. I had one and two, and people were like, "You're nuts!" And I'm like, "His write up just makes it seem like he's going to be a stud." And I kept saying it, and I ended up taking Morello, who I didn't, I wouldn't have kept Air anyway with the trades I made. But the point being is that sometimes the grade and the write up don't match, and that you really need to read the write up because maybe he's high in something and he's just missing something, and you can figure that out. Um, but, like, Clarence Collins was a C-plus. I think he went, like, somewhere in the 20s. And he turned into a really solid player. Uh, Collins was 22-54 with 57-70 rebound, 57 block, 5-5-8-3. And he's just become a, much like Bingham, 26-56. So he doesn't have the, the more, as much volume, more or less the same FTA He's a better rebounder. He doesn't block as much, but his defense is more balanced. He's seven six nine four, so he's a better matchup for some of these, you know, in between guys. Um, and again, he went like twenty second in this draft. So like, you can find guys in drafts. Let's see, where did he go? I'm sorry, he went twenty third. Joseph Clark, who you know had a great year with 
with the Sonics at one point, went 23rd. Brian Bedlam, who we've talked at nausea about, about how the, the Wolves used him. Uh, the Heat drafted him at 19. And, you know, I, I assume that Smath will eventually listen to this. And we don't necessarily try to devalue Bedlam, but you were talking about him when he got traded as, like, this, you know, guaranteed star. And, I mean, he never became a star. But you look at, let's see, where's Brian Bedlam? Bedlam, Bedlam. God, I hate this fucking sheet. All right. I figured out how it goes now. Um, but he was 44-52. Again, he doesn't have the high volume, so you, you would need that. His offensive rebounding was incredible, 71 and he blocked, and he had five, three, eight, two. Like I get it, he's a solid. But we've said that same stat line for like four guys in this draft. So clearly, you know, like Bedlam's fine and he's good. And I at one point said he should be starting over Luther because maybe he can give you something with the rebounding and and such that maybe um, Luther couldn't. I don't even know what Bedlam became. Um. Yeah, he's 71-73 rebounding. He doesn't turn it over. He's 5-3-9-5. And he got some of the volume. He's 56-49 now. But, you know, so when I say at the time that, like, I said that I didn't think my, the Wolves' Mike was going to get a better deal than he got. He got Luther. Everyone, you know, you give up Chow. I don't think you're ever going to win that deal. We don't have enough picks in this league and only 10 guys missed the playoffs. Like, there's not really guaranteed lotto picks three years out. Like, if I was to trade my 42 right now, like, I would, I'll, I'll go as far to say this. I would guess that the only team that, whose 42 I would take and say that it's guaranteed lotto right now would be the Jazz. Everybody else has pieces that they can move. Like, the Jazz are at the first year of their rebuild. Everybody else, like, you're three years out, like, those picks can move, and there's not nearly as much. We don't have picks five years out that, like, I think that's what made the last version. Like, you could get a contending, like, a contending team could use their fifth out first because it had value because these guys, you're not going to have the same team. Like, you're going to be closer to the lotto. Like, we don't have that. So you're never going to win these trades where you're trading these mega stars. But he got Luther, and then Smath got mad because everyone said he won the trade because he only traded Sachs and Bedlam away. And he's like, well, Bedlam's so good. And I'm like, and I think that he mistook us saying that Bedlam wasn't, like, amazing for him to get so upset. Um, I liked Bedlam. Bedlam was fine, but don't act like he's getting some stud in Bedlam. He's getting a center that you could find probably in every draft, and definitely in this one you could find four of them. Um, I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. Um, and then the other guy that went in the second round that I want to talk about is Samson, who is Bubbles' like favorite toy. He has the four PD, which is just, you know, a killer for for a guy. I don't even know what what positions he can play. Uh, he's C only. Okay. So let's see where the fuck are the bucks. So yeah. So. I mean, he shoots efficiently, but he has no volume. Yet again, seems to be a theme. He can rebound at a high rate. He has steals. He has blocks. But he's 5-2-4-4 defensively. He's like one of those like niche players that, of course, bubbles would be the guy that ends up with. He rotates him off the bench, so you don't, he doesn't get his defense killed, and he uses the steals and blocks to his advantage. He shoots a little bit, and he gives him a rebounding advantage. Like He's a niche guy from the second round who's, you know, 
made a nice little career out of himself. And, like, I know that they're not real players, but it's, like, that's the way you feel. You know, you find these guys that just do something that every team needs. He's, like, he's like a gar- Gargan without the defensive one through nine. Obviously not as high, but, like, he's a lower, like a a light. What's that word? Yeah. Like a Gargan light type player where he has steals and blocks and rebounds. But he doesn't have the one through nines. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to touch base because this draft was really fun. I know X has this draft. And, you know, I think that there's been a lot of bullshit going around in the chat lately. You know, Cress has been trolling a little bit um, between Allroom and Goulet and Ricky. And I think even Mike. I don't even know what happened. I was at work when that whole fucking shit went down. I just happened to come across it. But it's like, you know these pods are meant to be fun and I get that like obviously the person who's talking is going to talk about how they like certain players like I've said it in the you know people like Paul Shannon and that's fine I do not doesn't mean I'm trying to devalue him I'm not going to you know and I think that might be the difference is that like there was a podcast where Bradley was talked about in like a negative light by Goulet and then he goes and trades for him like that looks shady like I'm never going to go trade for Shannon unless I'm literally giving up a second round pick like I see he has value but he's not somebody that I'm going to pay what other guys think he's worth and I think that's the thing like uh other people think that Goulet won that deal because they don't value Satan that high and that's fine everybody values players differently but um like the thing that Kenneth posted like he would net I, I don't even know how it got on to the point of like him saying that Goulet offered Pang to him. I don't know what happened. I have no idea. I'm not trying to get on anybody's side. But, like, that's never going to be a guy that Ken wants. Like, that's very obvious. He doesn't – I mean, he turns it over. He's not efficient. Like, I don't know why, like, that even came up. I don't know what context. But it's clear. Like, some guys like certain guys, and some guys will go and try to fix guys. Like, Omar gave Kevin's – got Kevin's, and Kevin's had a decent semit power forward. Like – I think that this is meant to be fun and it doesn't need to get as as negative as it was. I'm not trying to, you know, but I don't want, if I'm sitting here devaluing a guy and I'm putting up quotes, which you guys can't see, it's it's my personal opinion. It's not um, the opinion of the league or the opinion of more than one person. And I, I you know, I have no problem listening to everyone else's opinion Um you know, I was told when I was vying for a title that McMahon was not a good point guard for me, which is fine. I thought differently. But could I have won if I had a guy like Sanderson that had all the assists and I had all the scores? Probably. But I liked McMahon's defense and I liked the steals that he brought. And I thought that the more possessions that I gained gave my team, the better off it was because I shot at such a high clip. Everybody builds it differently. Um, everybody sees the same ratings and values them differently. So... Um, yeah, I'm going to end it there. Um, let me know what you think. And I'm curious, you know, if what other people... Like, Bradley, to me, is the one that, like, I would love to know where you would slot him in in this draft. So if you have time to go through, like, I'd be curious just where he would go. He went ninth on my list. Uh, I talked to Axe. X didn't have him in the top ten. So, yeah. Um, if... Uh, I'm always open for ideas of, you know, something to, to throw out there for people to listen to if I have time to, to make it. Um, I, especially right now, while my team sucks ass. Like, I thought I'd win more than fucking 15 games that I'm going to win this year. Like, I thought I'd be close to 2021 20, just, but 
I think that the outside of the bottom teams, me, Jazz, I, I think everyone's, you know, at least a solid lineup out there. You're not putting out and I don't even think my lineup is awful. I just know I'm a point guard. Alright, enough about the fucking thirteen and fifty-five calves. Um hit me up and as always, Crest, hope you lose in the first round.